Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, with September 25th being World Coach Day, we pay a quick homage to those behind the scenes, catching up with Brazil's high performance director Rodrigo Melazzo and Hungary's Tibor Lehmann, coach of sons Bense and Chongor, and a former national champion himself. Both men live and breathe triathlon, and over the next 90 minutes, we'll tell their stories of a life in the sport that they love. Before we get into that, though, thanks for all the entries to the competition on the Bergen preview episode. Congratulations to Christoph Lengiel, who correctly stated that Gus Eden would like nothing better than a glass of milk while biking an Ironman. There is a signed Christian Blumenfeld cap on its way to you as soon as we get your address, Christoph. More competitions to come in future episodes, but for now, let's hear from the coaches. Rodrigo Milazzo is the High Performance Director at Triathlon Brazil, currently overseeing a rich crop of talent making waves in the sport. Rodrigo is also a World Triathlon Coach Facilitator and part of the Mentorship Programme, keeping himself fully immersed in the landscape of swim, bike, run. So, Rodrigo, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you're a busy man then, it's safe to say. You've got, you've got a lot going uh, Yeah, a little. Yeah, we have all these... Um, the, the relationship with triathlon is a vast one, so... I'm fully dedicated to it, but I started as small in my national federation and then they actually started, you know, putting up more stuff onto me. So getting more knowledge and then, you know, that was broadening, broadening, and then comes to a moment that uh, when you see you're fully submerged into it, there's no way out. So, but uh, it started as... Well, I took part of uh, courses, uh, one ITU course uh, way back in 2008. And then that was uh, an opportunity that uh, at the time, um, the ITU development, they searched for me and they, well, they actually proposed to to go into, you know, facilitating one or another course. And then the National Federation here, they saw, okay, this is an opportunity. And then that's how it started. So I got into getting more involved with ITU and then with the National Federation more and more and then the Continental Confederation as well, which is now SPATCO. Finally, I'm here in the position that I am doing a lot of stuff. Like I said, totally full of triathlons, so just 100% triathlon running in my veins. Amazing. And well, obviously, so this this is, you know, partly to mark World Coaches Day as well as just a get to know you and, and understand Brazilian triathlon a, a little bit more um, over that 15 year period, how much, you know, what is required from a modern triathlon coach? How much has that changed? Uh, yeah. Uh, the good thing of having been, I was an athlete uh, uh, way back in, I can remember I was 17, 16. So I had the experience as an athlete and I knew that I could go forward with uh, being an athlete, but not a, a pro. And the problem is that, uh, okay, I like the sport. I want to be in it. And there was there was only one possibility. I'm going to go into a coach um, career. And then I'll get involved with the sport for my whole life. And that's how it happens. But uh, being a, an athlete previously and knowing what a, a coach that, that requires and observing what's been happening throughout the, you know, uh, coaching science, uh, sports science, and I did my master's, and then I, I had also uh, in, in England, but in Loughborough, yeah. and uh, getting uh, more involved into science, and then knowing 
as an athlete, as a coach, with the, uh, the scientific background and the requirements of, uh, of the sport and how it actually started to change uh, way back in 96 when uh, drafting uh, was uh, uh, becoming part of the, the uh, ITU World Triathlon uh, world. Mm -hmm. So the the high demands of the sport, they require us uh, coaches to always get, like you said, the leading edge, but but actually getting into reading a lot and uh, studying a lot and try to uh, pass it on now as a facilitator for, for the past, I don't know, 15 years. And uh, the, doing the same thing here in, in Brazil uh, with the, the coaching education program that we have. It is important to put up all these uh, the 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 experience that I have with uh, also the uh, observing what's going on because I go to many races. Uh, this year I went to Montreal to World Championships and also you know I'm going to uh, uh, WTCS and then uh, champion uh, Pan American Champs and so we get to 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 know all of this stuff. Uh, but I'm trying to uh, uh, understand through that and then watching the athletes, uh, talking to other coaches and see what they're doing. And when we go to coaching courses and we go to uh, it, to that education program, it is important for us to uh, observe this and uh, translate that into what uh, is required for, for athletes. You know, it, it is uh, quite a demanding uh, I would say job, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting because it makes you study all the time, getting more and more involved in the in the sport. That that that's why it is important. Mm. But but it, but it's yeah, it's a uh, we have to sleep little and study a lot and then work a, a lot. So it's not only uh, being with uh, athletes, being with coaches as well, and being in the national federation also. As a uh, as a manager, a high performance manager, so it requires also the the other side, which is the administrative part, and then you know getting involved with the national federation, sorry, the national Olympic committee, and uh, the plans that we have with the uh, uh, rising uh, athletes and what we have for development athletes, and you know it's it's mm. like I said, it's a vast thing it all it all feeds into each other right so you know the more yeah. obviously your coach facilitating a mentorship reaches beyond brazil but mm -hmm. at the same time within brazil presumably it's well within your own interests as a national federation as high performance director to find as many talented coaches that can reach out mm -hmm. as, you know and they're the ones that will then be able to find and nurture the talent out of your mm -hmm. reach and then eventually mm -hmm. that talent would end up at your doorstep yeah, yeah. What we have here as National Federation, we have a, a more uh, controlled, uh, I would say, situation that I can observe uh, small details and then I can deal with the National Olympic Committee to to go on into um, a development program like we are having back back this year. Uh, there's been published in World Triathlon uh, webpage back in 2019, a project that we have started. But due to the uh, pandemics, we had to pause it. But now we are, um, this year, we are uh, resuming it. And we have uh, the national championships, and which is the, the national circuit. We have three, this year we had three races. 
and mainly for the youth athletes. Uh, here we use youth athletes as 14 and 15 years of age. Mm -hmm. So I'm making a selection of these athletes throughout these three races and I'm getting five girls and five boys. And uh, I know most of the where, where they train and some of them, they have the same coach and uh, they are development coaches. And then I'm going to get two coaches to be there and we're going to put up a, uh, a small training camp, which is going to be not detecting, but actually knowing that they are the best athletes in the youth this year. And then we can um, perform, you know, like um, uh, on-site uh, uh, tests, testing like running, swimming. We can do lab testing as well with more uh, specific, you know, uh, ergo spirometry and spirometry in the pool. We can do all the stuff and then make measurements uh, with the, the people responsible for the Olympic laboratory here in Rio. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how we, we, we trace uh, uh, the athletes. It's a, it's a small program that we want to uh, develop it more. Yeah. Back in 2019, we had... Um, uh, four athletes specifically, two of them this year in 2022, they were gold medalists in the uh, uh, Youth South American Games in Rosario in Argentina. So right. perfect. And two others, they actually participated in the um, South American uh, championships in Formosa, also in Argentina, but they were like top 10. Mm -hmm. So we know that Way back there, we were uh, tracing them, following, and then we are having results. So the idea of this program is actually to increase more the participation of more athletes. Of course, the Olympic Committee is going to provide more funding with more results, and that's how it goes. Yeah. And then we the uh, the talents that we have now, like Messias and uh, Hidalgo, and other upcoming talents like Jennifer, uh, they are getting more and better results because we're better. We're providing better assistance to them, to their coaches. Mm -hmm. So the uh, the work that we're, we're doing here, it's a small. It's a, actually it's slow, but it's providing results. So we are expecting for the future to have better results, more than we are now experiencing. So yeah. I, I think I think we have a good future. <laughs> So, so these national championships, sorry, you said, is it, the, is it those youth athletes that you mentioned that are 14, 15, that, that you're going to do all this testing with? You'll select five. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah exactly. Okay. So when, when, for example, Manuel Macias was 14, 15, mm -hmm. presumably he didn't go through that. Like 10 years ago here in Brazil, it, it was more like, and, and then it's been, there's a lot of the uh, research, uh, scientific research on that. It's, it's more, uh, Occasionally, it happens, you know, a talent to be discovered like this. So that was his case. That was the case of um, uh, Victoria Lopez as well, because she was swimmer, open water swimmer. And then uh, her mother is a triathlete. And then she, OK, I'm going to try this. And that was all of a sudden happens. And then there's an athlete who, who just emerges. But now it's totally different because we are having uh, specific races for young athletes. They are competing with the the pros because we 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 have them uh, participating only sprint distance races, and since young they see what the sport is and high performance is, and it's a way of showing them okay this is high performance this is is, is that what you want, so if it, it, it they actually pursuing this, 
and then it makes getting more and more athletes. For instance, uh, we used to have in uh, in the national championships, which is the the last uh, um, the last stage of the, the circuit, we used to have like fifty to sixty um, uh, elite athletes. I, I mean, high performance athletes. The past one, we had eighty high performance uh, athletes. I'm saying eight zero mm. and sixty. I'm not joking. Sixty of them were youth and junior. Wow! So yeah. we know that there's been pandemics, and they they wanted to to compete, participate in events. But as we put up the circuit starting uh, here in Rio, the first stage in May, I think, yeah, and then in July it was in uh, Santa Catarina and Florianópolis, which is another uh, city. And then we had Maceió with uh, together with the uh, FISU, the, the yeah. University Sports. We also had the opportunity, so we made it together. And then that was the third uh, stage, and was the national champs uh, one stage with the national champs, and everybody was there. Mm. And I could, you know, make a ranking with the, the the youth athletes, and then I already proposed, and we're gonna do this project in November with the uh, Olympic Committee here. So. I think that for uh, upcoming years, we're not going to have only 60. I'm going to have like 100 maybe. And then for the upcoming years, more, more and more athletes. The idea is to, to have a, uh, as many athletes as we can have uh, in high performance. Mm -hmm. And then we make selections of those who, who are um, uh, more talented than the other talents. So they are going to be uh, taken over to, you know, to, to uh, higher performance uh, uh, programs yeah. just like we have an athlete uh, that back in 2018 he was his last year as junior and then he's now becoming one of the top 100 which is uh, Antonio Bravo mm -hmm. and he's performing very well he's you know getting there so that's the idea more and more athletes and then we provide that like I said uh, uh, a guidance for them for their coaches and they get into you know to, to this wonderful world a hard one but wonderful world the talent the talent is presumably already has been there yeah previously but you have created more ways for them to find you and you to find them one important thing and i i think communication is essential and i mean communication with the coaches and there you know brazil is a vast country it's a big one and sometimes it the communication it's it it doesn't happen not 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 because there is no opportunity of, of communication, but mainly because we don't meet each other in races. And then sometimes they don't go to races because because of funding, because of, you know, a limitation of resources. And then that's why we don't talk. But I, I, it's open. We try to communicate in, in our, you know, web page and uh, uh, social media to get in touch, you know, just putting up my, my my email, my phone number, they can get in touch. And then it, it actually started to increase. And then guiding them, like I said, is just showing them, okay, try to do this. And okay, if you're not, uh, if you want your athletes to to get points in, 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 in the rankings, in the world rankings, they should go to Continental Cups and show how to do it. And, and, and it's getting better now. But in the past, People, they used to think that, uh, okay, that's the National Federation. Uh, uh, they are untouchable. And it's not that. So since I started uh, like five or six years ago with uh, the 
the high performance management. Uh, I try to make these uh, the communication better and try to get coaches to, okay, we are here to help you so you can help your athletes so we can make this sport grow. And basically, uh, that's uh, what we've been trying to do over the, the, the past, well, since I got in there, <laughs> here, yeah. uh, to, to increase this. And it's it's working. But like I said, it's slow. It's very slow. You only have to see... Uh, like the world trust on social media channels when manuel won in valencia for example and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the, the outpouring of just brazilian flags uh, commenting uh-huh. all of uh-huh. it's you do... We do the same here uh, our uh, our communication staff they they're working very well uh, at this part and uh, we know that we need uh, um heroes when i say heroes it's like senna so we have uh, we have to have a uh, models role models in the sport those who are winning and that's why you know these victories from messias are very important for us uh the same way that miguel miguel hidalgo is is rising like he's a rising star we all know that and it he he actually both of them and uh, some of the girls as well like victoria luisa and jennifer they uh they actually create this uh, desire uh, on the other athletes, the, the young athletes, hey, I want to be there. Yeah. Say, hey, then then we get more and more people involved, more young athletes involved, showing that, okay, Brazilians are performing well in the world triathlon uh, scenery, you know, the, the scenario throughout in, in the world. And these results are, are solid ones and they can get these uh, results and you can get it too, but you have to work hard. So most of the coaches are, are doing this, uh, uh, showing them that it's possible. Mm. And one of the things that we, uh, idea that we had back in, in when I started here was putting the youth athletes, 14, 15 years of age, competing with the juniors, not doing it separately. We know because uh, despite being a very large country, we don't have much uh, uh, athletes. So we have to provide them the opportunity to be there. And then they, they feel very excited. Hey, I'm competing with uh, Messias. They, so they're in the same start line. Mm. So they all get together and it's important for them. And I think this is uh, going to, like I said before, it's going to provide a very good result in the future. But just like I said, so we're talking about uh, youth athletes now. We're 14, 15. So we have to wait for six more years, maybe, for them to start showing yeah, and then they they get a really a solid career in sport when they are around 23, 24. So it's a little more. So we're talking about ten years. Yeah, but but we're gonna get there. <laughs> and you have your Manuel Macias's and Jennifer's and Miguel's who are in that yeah, uh-huh. early to mid twenties at the moment, right? So they're in that in that sweet spot, exactly doing what you yeah, want. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I guess their success and that their their profile does that then you talked about kind of NOC funding and so on. And obviously that is always going to be something of a challenge, right? There's not sort of endless pots of money. Um, and yeah, it and- is, it is, it is actually a challenge, but uh, we are challenged to work with them so they can have good results. And those results, they actually convert into a better funding for the following year. For example, uh, the project that we have back in 2019, identification of athletes, uh, Julia Munoz and Vinicio Santana, they were gold medalists this year. So we're gonna 
show to the uh, National Olympic Committee, hey, back there we had that project, they're here, and now we got the results, so... It's working. And then they say, okay, for next year, uh, let's say, let's raise the bar for, let's say, 20% more funding, which for us is fantastic. So I can have uh, uh, um, uh, uh, more... Uh, we can have more projects, send more athletes to, to competitions. Mm -hmm. And there's now in our National Olympic Committee, the development area, and they're monitoring that. And they also have a specific fund just for that. So it's a development funding. So we can make uh, parallel projects like we did uh, in July now. So Vinicius, uh, both of them, Vinicius and Julia, they were supposed to be going with me to Europe, but Julia, she had a, a stress fracture. She didn't go, but Vinicius and I, we went to Cisalivarus and then we went to Tabor in, in the Czech Republic for their junior continental cups. And that was a, a very good experience for them. That, like I said, I say, here in South America and the Americas, the reality is something, but in Europe, the reality is totally different. That That's where triathlon is. So. We got to go there so you can experience that. Mm -hmm. And he experienced, he said, hey, it's totally different. And I said, yeah. And then we show results to, to the Olympic Committee. And then they say, okay, perfect. So we're going to keep on doing this. So for next year, doing the same thing. And then we get more funding. And instead of taking just two athletes, we can take maybe four. And then for the, you know, maybe for the next, the upcoming years, instead of going for two or three weeks, maybe go for a training camp where we get there, we can participate in a competition and then training, another competition, training again, another competition, and then back home. So stay a month away instead of two weeks. And in Europe, for instance, you have, as I, I know for experience traveling a lot in Europe as well, you have a lot of training centers, uh, um, um, high altitude uh, training centers and uh, high performance uh, centers. And we don't have many here. That's the point. Yeah. And because, you know, it, now it's a uh, government, it's the national government. So they don't put a lot of uh, infrastructure for, for sport like that, uh, the same way that uh, Europe does. So it's, it's different. Yeah. Do, do you feel like there's a, a new kind of new generations of coaches coming through as well like what what are your you know what is it that you think makes a good coach what would you always look out for in someone to to be joining the team oh well <laughs> uh we in our um um education programs the the, co the the courses that we have i tend to notice who are really i wouldn't say keen but they are like a they are enlightened and this enlightenment is on the way they speak, the way they talk, the way they think, and uh, you know, discussing about you know the uh, sports science as well. If they have a different view, if they show some of them, they actually show uh, uh, a more holistic view of the sport. And that's one of the things that I'm in the most of the courses that I'm here. That when I'm a facilitator, is and. That's what I consider a good coach is. It's not only the sport and that's it. It's uh, they have to think of everything that is surrounding the athlete and also surrounding the, the environment uh, for them in order to understand better, not only the athlete, but the, the whole process of training and understand that, that 
the interplay with uh, each of the disciplines is not only swimming, bike and run, is also maybe uh, uh, strength training, but uh, related to the sport. It's not just strength training, just like going to the gym. And then trying to put uh, all the, the pieces all together and think a little more than that. Just see things, just try to extrapolate the, uh, the, the, the narrow vision that they might have. It's not only what you're seeing, it's, there's a lot more, not only at the sides, up, down, behind as well. So increase uh, the perception of the sport. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why, what I think what really makes a good, uh, a good coach. And of course, experience the, the sport for, for themselves as athletes in the past. They don't, like myself, I was never uh, a top you know, elite athlete, but I was a top amateur athlete. So I, I used to train as high performance. Uh, I, I wanted to, to, to perform well. So I did high performance training, not the same times that the, the top guys, but close. But that gave me a good experience. And then the personal uh, feeling of uh, and knowledge and feeling of the sport with the, you know, scientific uh, knowledge and studies and the experience, you know, the day after day training and then being with, with athletes and being with other coaches that increased even more. So the, the knowledge that uh, a coach develops this way is, I think, they're better than a, a good coach they become excellent coaches and do you find yes yeah, sometimes you've had i guess coaches come through that have all the raw materials and are incredible motivational people and you can see that they have that potential and then you bolt on the scientific side of things that maybe they either didn't have the resources to get grips with or had just never necessarily come across it and gone and you give them then those extra tools and they can just run with it and and suddenly mm-hmm. yeah um uh, we have a, a high performance coach course here in in brazil and what i tend to show them is that hey you, you don't need a high tech for for training athletes you just need knowledge mm. you can do that with a piece of paper and uh, maybe a calculator and also a, a stopwatch that's what you need but you need to have the brains and you have to have the background the study and to, to, to see how we're going to use that. Because nowadays, there are a lot of uh, coaches who are using those, uh, you know, they are geeks, tech tech geeks. They're really into that. And they, they only see that. They don't, they don't know how it works. For instance, uh, they know those, you know, GPS and with all the stuff. And then, okay, it measures heart rate and uh, all this stuff. But when you ask them, so what are you going to use that for? So... If what if the all those uh, gear, all the the equipment fails? What are you gonna do? Mm. So you have to have the knowledge, and it's for instance we we have a, a there's a, a big discussion with the you know training zones, and there's a lot of coaches they oh to determine the the training zones you need to do some specific tests with that and then measuring this this no the only thing you actually need to do. I mean, I'm a, a very uh, uh, old school coach. <laughs> you just need a stopwatch to get there. And from that, so the time that an athlete does, let's say running, uh, the time he does in a specific distance, 
then you can translate that into many things. For instance, you can have the uh, maximal aerobic uh, uh, speed that you can get in a uh, in a test with six minutes, for instance, and then you can predict the VO two max of an athlete from that. And you don't need to do a lot of uh, you know using all high tech uh, gear to to do that. If you have better, but why do you, what if you don't have when most of the coaches they don't have so they don't have access to that because it's way too expensive mm. it's it, it got better but still too expensive so what you're gonna do so if you have the knowledge and then you put it in, and then you can translate that maybe into training zones as well and then from that you can predict the times that your athletes gonna do uh, on the run for specific distances and then you get a, a training program based on that. And then you didn't need actually to take your athlete to, to a, a lab and then perform many tests, not invasive ones, which is pretty good. And it's more about knowledge and studying and, and getting more and more knowledge. And, you know, there are a very knowledgeable si sports scientists out there and they are really uh, there willing to help a lot of other coaches it's just like i said before communication it's just send an email ask for a uh, maybe a paper and then discuss that and then maybe form small discussion groups um you know study groups and and that's how they evolve that's having said that it would be quite interesting would it not to strap messias onto some machines and see how he does what he did in valencia for example <laughs> that was just oh, a phenomenal oh, amount of uh, power and indeed in Arzacena, right? He did the same. In Arzacena, he was flying. He was perfect. But this one in Valencia, that was fantastic because what well, he started, you know, because he had a, like a, an out sprint with the, the other athlete, I think from Denmark. Alga, yeah. And then he, yeah, but he actually started running like 10 seconds ahead of all of the others. But they are, you know, those athletes, they have basically the same pace one more another one less but it took um i think it was the Serra. i think it was serapia and then he actually passed yeah it. no i actually got to messias in halfway through the uh the running leg but then messias actually said okay now it's my turn so you did all your effort coming here and said thanks a lot but now it's my turn and then he poof. yeah and even though uh, Mario Mola was running really, he had the best split of the day, it was not enough to, to get Messias. Mm. Yeah. And you know, his run is, is one of the things that I say is uh, if he's in the, the front pack and they start running together, all the guys who are in the front pack, they're going to have a hard time. <laughs> yeah. that was and Miguel, Miguel Hidalgo is going the same way. Yeah. He's younger. He's uh, actually, he turned. 22 in in august so still very young mm. and the excitement for you to have seen him do what he did in huatulco and then to back it up in um crikey where was it well it was montreal last year wasn't it not even this year um well, yeah like i mean Miguel, and, yeah in his case it's it's really interesting because uh his first junior year he qualified for the pan-american championships and I went to, that was uh, in Des Moines in, in the U.S. 2016. And he was just a little boy. Everybody there, most of the coaches, they were saying, hey, 
is he a junior athlete or is he a youth athlete? Because it looks like he's 13. Is it? No, no, no. He's he's actually becoming 16 next month. But uh, yeah, and then he's a late, uh, uh, let's say, late bloomer. And because it, it depends on, on each athlete, you know, because it's uh, the, the maturation process. But um, I knew that but when he started to get mature properly, then he would just do that because he was very a very good swimmer at that time and then started to develop more. And I've been following that. And uh, whenever I have the opportunity to, to, to be with him, you know, in travels, just say, I do remember back 2016 and look at you now. <laughs> and he's crazy about triathlon. You have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah, most of the races that uh, his strategy in the very beginning was going all out. Just, I want to win it. And he goes like 100% swing in the, on the cool. run, on the bike as well. And a bit like he's got that Hayden Wild inbuilt love. Right? Yeah. He's with a smile on his face. And yeah, yeah. Like to... He's a very good boy. I like him a lot. And uh, I think we're going to have a very good surprise with him in, um, in the upcoming years. Not only him, but uh, all the others who are also coming, like like I said, Bravo, and we already knew about Messias when back in 2015 when we were in uh, Chicago when Messias was world champion. Yeah, and I said, well, in the following year it's a U23 vice champion, world champion. So we all knew that uh, he would have a, a very uh, 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 let's say future uh let's say a very uh yeah. prosperous future and that's what's happening now because he actually got more mature he get more you know uh, more structured more uh the training uh process uh, actually got he incorporated that he it, he was working a lot more with his swimming which got better and now we're seeing that it's just a, a like i said it's a slow process but for for uh, for developing athletes, but for those who are already developed, in in order to get to from one point, which is a, a good performance, to an excellent performance, it takes more training, more dedication, and he became more uh, mature, and then they get more aware of these uh, uh, things, and then they get better athletes because of that, because they start to. Uh, uh, they put together not only the, the physical part, but also the psychological part. And then they, they mix everything and then they get more uh, focus and they get, that's how they become better athletes. Mm. And the results that we're seeing now with him, it's uh, with Messias, it's just a, a, a product of, of all those things all together. Yeah. His reaction to Serat closing in being a perfect case in point, right? And presumably that sort exactly. of tactical moment is, is yeah. Exactly. Um, that was brilliant. <laughs> and for someone like Louisa, who's obviously found a lot of success at the longer, at the 70.3 recently as well. Uh, yeah. You know, how, mm -hmm. how does that fit into your, what you're trying to do in your program and so on when, there's, there's positives presumably to be taken from from doing that kind of thing especially if it goes that well but then at the same time you know you're trying to develop a, a team for a, an olympic mixed relay success and so on mm -hmm. so you know you've got a lot of things to think about can bring or indeed detract from from the bigger goal. we uh, we talk to athletes that they are athletes and they have to have their lives but uh 
if they have a, a project of going to Olympic Games, for instance, and we know that they have a two-year uh, period of uh, Olympic qualification, then we have well, we talk to them and, and tell them, okay, you have to know what you want to do, and you have to see the the moment, what you can do now, and what you have to do in the future in order to guarantee your participation, because. Uh, let's say we started the uh, Olympic uh, uh, qualification process this year. Uh, let's say in the case of Luisa, she wanted to do the, the long distance uh, uh, championships. Okay, because we still have like a, a year and a half of uh, Olympic qualification, not a problem. But uh, if that was like six months before, no, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea. We would have to talk to her coach and uh, you know with her and then tell okay the the brazilian olympic committee is investing money and uh, we need to focus there so if you don't want to do it perfect not a problem but you have to tell us that because it's very uh, uh contra it's trend for this yeah counterproductive yeah thank you so it, it is uh, long distance and short distance, you know, you know, sprint distances and also mixed relays. So it, it doesn't work well. So we we talk to athletes. Okay, you you do it, but focus that uh, uh, if you're going for Olympic Games, there's the National Olympic Committee committee behind that, and we are funded. The National Olympic uh, that the National Federation is funded by the Olympic Committee. So we get a lot of funding from them. And then that's exactly what they expect our athletes to qualify and then get there and perform well. So mm -hmm. if you want to do something else, okay, just tell us that you want to do this. And then we try to uh, invest in another athlete. That's that's how it goes. Yeah, It's easy. But uh, we're not like a, uh, you know, uh, like dictators and say, no, you have to do this. And that's, that's, that's not how it works. Because was it, um, is it Sandra Soldan it, from Sydney 2000? Is that that was Brazil's best performance in an in Olympics? Yeah, her 11th, 11th, yeah, 11th place. Yeah, so um, far, yeah, Paris until un, until Paris, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, way back in 2000 was a little different, uh, you know, the process of Olympic qualification and the quality of the athletes, and the, the sport was actually uh, changing. Because it started in '96, the drafting uh, uh, circuit, and then it only took four years into that because it changes totally the uh, the races. And uh, also, I'm I, I follow all of the the technical uh, uh, changes uh, that uh, World Triathlon provides with you know the courses with more technical uh, courses with. Uh, turns and hills, you know, Arzakina, for instance, and now Cagliari is, is going to be like that. So it changes a lot. So what is to run for an athlete? He go If an athlete goes to, a, let's say, a World Cup, let's say WTCS Cagliari, uh, what's going to take for them for, for to run, let's say, 5K? No, no, it's, it's standard. What's going to take them to run 10K? in 30 minutes after that very tough uh, cycling course so it, it changes a lot so it's how we, you know the the training process it, it also involves uh changes in the cycling uh, uh training as well so uh, 
Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is uh, quite hard for them to uh, to see how the performance back in in in, in Sydney was and how it's going to be there in, in Paris, for instance. Hmm. Paris is totally flat. How's it going to be? I don't know. I haven't seen the the course yet, but I think it's going to be very technical. That's what I think. Similar to yeah. Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Tokyo there's there were no hills. Ideally, uh, I wouldn't say just hills and, and that's it. No, just uh, one of the, the the best courses that I saw in in the circuit was uh, in uh, in Auckland, the WTS in Auckland in back in two thousand twelve. They had curves, they have hills, and then up there, and then already a turn going down, and then a turn, and then going up. So it was very technical, very demanding. And the run also a little bit of you know uphills and so so that's what we want for our athletes for them to excel in swimming, cycling, and running. Yeah, the the pool for Paris looks like it should be a pretty big one, right? And they're winning a place for a person on the team, not for themselves in their uh, their yeah. ranking. So yeah, is this is it? Would this be a bit of a new situation for for you for Brazil triathlon, or was there? It was the men's in 2012 quite competitive as well um now they're uh we're we're seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel for in order to have more athletes there uh when it started well 2000 and 2004 the qualification process was totally different so it was uh not by the world rankings it was the continental rankings and brazil was pretty okay because uh in in, Amer in the americas region brazil with uh U.S., Canada, and Mexico are the strongest countries. Mm. So we get the spots. We had three and three. Right. And then in back to what 2008, that that has changed totally. And then we had only three, and we almost didn't have three because there was uh, the last qualified athlete from Austria. I think he said that he wouldn't be able to go to the Olympics. And then Jurasi Moreira actually got the spot. Right. So we will only have two athletes, but we had three. And then in London, we qualified three athletes. And here in our country, we only had two. So it was that was the gap that we were having from good athletes and then now getting back again. Mm -hmm. So we managed to get three athletes totally different, which was Victoria, Luisa, Macias there in, in, in Tokyo. And probably we're going to go for, we have the very, very real possibility of having three girls and two, maybe even a third man in 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 Paris. So we're really happy because of the uh, the the work that we have done to get to this point. And but it's hard, and uh, you know, the, so we have to make a lot of investment to be there. But like I said, our national Olympic committee sees that we show them uh, the reports, the results, and uh, the world rankings, and uh, we translate that uh, to them to to say, okay. This is the real possibility, and and that's how we're gonna do. So, we wanted so much to qualify for the for the first ever team relay Olympic event, but we didn't do it because we had a problem with uh, uh, Miguel's uh, wetsuit back in in Lisbon. Mm. But for the upcoming uh, races, I, I think this is not gonna happen. And we have proven, and everybody, mainly now, we were in Montreal. Everybody was telling Brazilian team relays really strong. And we were unlucky that we had a crash. And 
nothing happened to Bravo, Antonio Bravo, but uh, his uh, back gearing just broke. He, he was not able to cycle again. Yeah. So we, we lost an opportunity of, of a good result in team relay. So I think for the, uh, uh, for the Olympic spots, like you said, uh, we're going to get uh, a lot, a lot more than the previous time. So increasing from two to three and now increasing to maybe five, which is excellent. So it's uh, very, we're, we're very happy with that. That incident with Miguel in, in Lisbon obviously was horrendous for him. And it, well, he said on, on the podcast that he'd, um, you know, he got quite a lot of negative comments on social media about it and so on was that was that a time where you sort of particularly had to step in as in in your in your role you know was that dealt with or actually it's I mean it sounds like he handled it incredibly well anyway and was very mature about it but uh and and was able to use it as quite a good learning experience to to uh, I was I was not there but I talked to him uh a little uh, regarding that and the problem about social media, it's, I'm not a big fan of social medias because people say too much. And a lot of people, they don't know the sport more deeply like we do. And they just make comments, which are sometimes they, they depreciate the athlete. And I know that because uh, I, I follow this, this, this incident and it was, uh, it's an unfortunate uh, situation. But it happened. It could happen to any athlete. And then, you know, people just say, ah, because, uh, oh, the, the wetsuit is not a good one. Oh, you didn't do properly. Oh, he was, nobody knows that because they were not there. And those who know a little bit of the sport, they don't know, like I said, very deeply. And they, they're not there. They, they, they don't know what happens. So the whole situation, uh, living this, uh, like we do, like we go to, to races and we, and I know I, I can feel uh, if they're made tense or they are like excited and they're afraid, we, we can capture that. And those people, they don't know that. And I don't know what really happened there uh, at the time because it, it, those things, they happen too fast. But I know that that was, like I said, an unfortunate incident. And it was not because he was unable because uh, if he was uh, that he's not a good athlete, it's not not like that. It's totally different. So I told him to okay, try to filter those comments and try to be as strong as you can here to okay ignore some some of them. It's good because uh, if you keep listening to all the comments in all the social media, not only you're gonna lose a lot of time, you know, dedicating your precious time to you know stupid comments. And it's not going to, you know, uh, provide anything. It's not going to be a positive uh, influence in his life. Mm. And he's, got, uh, he's got also going to be wasting his time doing some stuff. And he could be training, resting, doing something else. So I know social media is important. Mm. But uh, try not to bother that. It's, it's important for us to, to talk to athletes and tell them, okay, you're an athlete. You're not a, a social media whatever you know like a big star so forget it yeah. that's what I, I tell them but you know it's impossible they they like that <laughs> really... the athletes, they like it uh, but and he kicked on and had the season of his life right so uh, from from that perspective exactly yeah exactly 
is the Brasilia World Cup, is that going to be back on the schedule, do you think, for next year or, or soon? Because that obviously fell foul of the COVID situation as well, didn't it? So, Yeah, we want to have it. We, but uh, we need uh, results from the athletes. It's, uh, it, it costs a lot of money to, to run a, uh, a World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, obviously the the fizu went went well, right? I mean, it looked like there were probably some challenges out there as well with the yeah, yeah, yeah. Maceió is a very nice city, but uh, I guess they were not a hundred percent prepared for that kind of racing, and you know the people and that that the same period was uh, uh, Independence Day on a Wednesday uh, and Friday. Uh, that was the uh, that the competition. So there are a lot of tourists, uh, Brazilian tourists there, and then it was hectic. It was nice. Uh, they put up a very good uh, uh, event there. The result was fantastic. But maybe if it was done uh, one week later, after the, the, the national uh, uh, holiday, that would be better, you know, a better control of, uh, you know, people and you know not a lot of people but it's interesting to have a lot of people to watch the race and uh, the crowd went nuts with the uh the second place that we had in the uh team relay competition so amazing as you said so bermuda approaching is miguel back to full fitness for that he's obviously had some injury issues right so yeah 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 i was with him in i was with him in Huatulco, and then his injury was there but uh, it got worse in in montreal so we talked to his coach and himself okay just forget it a little bit recover get better and then train again and then back on track this uh, um this south american games which is going to be in 10 days mm-hmm. so he's going to be there it's going to be his first race after his injury great all right well we should keep an eye on how he gets on out there for sure yeah sure and just to say thanks very much for your time it's been fascinating brilliant yeah okay well i thank you doug and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to to you and to uh well and just telling a little bit of our our stories and knowledge that i made a little knowledge that i have to our world triathlon fantastic all right thanks rodrigo okay thank you very much Hungary's Thibaut Lehmann competed as a junior in the first ever Triathlon World Championships in Avignon back in 1989, finishing in 16th place. From there, he went on to become a national champion, as well as a formative figure behind the sports explosion in the small town of Tizilvaros, home of the longest-running World Cup in history. It is there that he still lives and coaches with his sons Ben Senchongo and daughter Sara, among those receiving his great experience. So, Tibor, welcome to the World Triathlon Podcast. Are you in Tizzy at the moment? Yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm TC, but I'm, I'm uh, many times so far from here, so it's uh, this is the best place to to sitting and, and talking with you. Excellent. And just from a local, how do you say Tisovaros properly? As as you Tisovaros, you're excellent. Okay. Yeah, right. but it's, it's better to call it TC. Better to call it TC. So yeah, obviously just coming off the back of a big weekend in Carlo Vivari for Chonga, your younger son, with his World Cup win. Um, are you all still on a bit of a high from that weekend, from that result? Yeah, we're 
we were happy with this because uh, I think this it was the greatest the greatest uh, result for Chongor. Um, he won few world championships, but in a different categories. So the the main target the the elite categories. So I think this is a big big step to to achieve a gold medal in the World Cup. Maybe in the near future in the WTS, I don't know. So step by step, we, we started. We started with the with small steps with the juniors and and on the front then with Penny Freeze, and we can believe that we step forward in the, in in the next years. Looking back, obviously there there have been huge names that have won the junior world title. There's big names that have won the under twenty three world title, but you know the obvious progression that he has been able to make even in a World Cup level, kind of getting closer and closer to that gold and then achieving it. I mean, from a coach's perspective, it, surely it must be about as good as it gets, just seeing those, those targets being ticked off. Uh, looks very nice, <laughs> but it's not, not so easy. But, uh, so I would like to, to, to turn back to all method in, in the local club in this in Tisavaros, what was built up, I don't know, 25 years ago. So we'd like to, to develop the athletes step by step from the age of, uh, of 10 or, or something. So from the very, very young ages. And we de decide with the athletes and the parents uh, what's the next steps after, I don't know, 16 years uh, of age. So it was the moment for, for Chongon and for, for the other athletes in my, my elite team to decide the uh, the next steps and and we we try to uh, try to plan very exact for the next few years i i, I don't know maybe uh, two or or four four years uh, ahead yeah so we plan this one uh, this this kind of steps what what he did i mean chongor hmm. but uh, but it's not a, not an easy way so <laughs> we, we we plan a very similar way with with other athletes of, of us, but uh, but uh, not everybody can can step uh, very uh, easy like he well, like he. So what was the what was the window that you had planned for for this first World Cup win? Then you know, it, as you were looking through the year, was it okay? These are the races that we think we've got the most chance, or ideally as we're ticking through the Paris 2024 kind of qualification cycle, we would like to have had that first gold by, I don't know what, like the start of 2023, or was it quite specific? No, the, the main target is the qualification. And if, if you checked his races, we, we try to, and he tried to, to achieve uh, the highest points, highest average points, what, uh, what he can. Uh, from the first uh, race of the qualification, so not we didn't uh, uh, point this this uh, race as a as a big target. It, it's just uh, just uh, part of the qualification. But we 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 know just before the race that uh, when he he tasted tasted this course in two thousand. Uh, 20, yeah, he finished uh, ninth, next year third. So mm. the, 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 ne the next thing uh, must be the first or second. So 
And if you know uh, Chongor and you know Chongor, he, he is very uh, dedicated mm. uh, athlete. So he's very strong in his mind. So, so he, he, he could, could get it. Yeah, no doubt. But equally, yes, it's obviously about qualification points is the priority, but to also have that ability to finish off races now um, and to have the confidence that he's done that at that World Cup level is a, is a huge kind of tool, right? Another string to his bow that um, you would want going into yeah, a, an Olympics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was the step-by-step uh, -step, uh, progression too because uh, after his, uh, his confidence uh, in the Hungarian races, we went to the, to the international races. He got the confidence in the European Cups. He won or, or he was in the podium in every European Cups where, uh, where he, he took part. And the next level, I, I think we did the next level with the World Cups and, and uh, we're waiting for the WTS uh, and get this confidence in the WTS races too. Yeah. And you mentioned his, you know, that also this sort of step up to WTCS as well. And I mean, his first one, I remember him saying in when he was on the podcast that I, I, the Yokohama 2019 race obviously went not really to plan. And I, you can never second guess what your first experience at that level will be right like right and it was three years ago after all but I don't know looking back on it do you think it was the right thing to do at that time was it too early was it actually a very good learning experience uh it, it was too early if you wanted to get a good result but we would like we wanted to taste this this uh, level of races so in this uh uh, point of view was was not not early and maybe it depends on the character of, of the athletes uh, the chongor could uh, could uh, use this this uh, last position <laughs> when he finished he could use this last position as a, as a motivation he realized what is the difference between the, the junior level and the, the highest level of the of the uh, Olympic triathlon, so so it was the extra motivation for him, and and he became uh, better and better and stronger and smarter and, and etc. Yeah. Well, and yes, want to obviously talk more about him and Ben Say's careers and and your coaching and so on, but also like looking for you, looking back to Avignon 1989, as we mentioned in the introduction there, and. How clear are your memories of that first World Championships and being a part of it? Nice memory. It was uh, first uh, one of the first uh, of my international races. I we were just after the communism in in this uh, East European area. So uh, Europe opened uh, the gates uh, in front of us, but but uh, we were very poor. We drive. I, I think. 24 hours with the with the two Jiguli car. Maybe you don't know it's a Russian-made car. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we drive 24 hours, uh, five bikes and five persons in the, in the cars. Oh wow! And uh, we we 
couldn't drive on our motorways because it was too because we had too much not, yeah it's too much too much cost so <laughs> we arrived we arrived uh, to Avignon by night but it was a, a small motor without uh, uh, non-stop uh, reception so we 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 were lying in the, the park. <laughs> well, did you couldn't even check in? In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> we checked in in the morning, yeah. So <laughs> it was interesting. And, and I never seen uh, so much bike like like there in the transition areas. It, so it was, it was a great moment. No, I'm not so proud of uh, the result, but, but uh, I'm proud uh, to be there. It sounds like your preparation for the race was perhaps not ideal if you were 24 hours in a car. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> don't want to be too hard on yourself. I mean, if you, when you think back to that, and so you were traveling with presumably, because you were the only junior male from Hungary, right? But were you traveling with some of the elites then as well, or the, the girls in the junior or? The two Avignon, you mean? The two yeah. Avignon? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, with the few elites and... Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. It was a big challenge and experience like uh, like uh, hiking the Himalaya. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you're so looking back at that and how, for example, Chongol would have prepared for Gold Coast Junior World Champs, um, completely unrecognizable, right? The sort of the what how the sport is today to to back then. You know the, the the experiences that Chonga has had versus what you had at at that sort of age. No, it was a it was a totally different way of Chonga. Uh, at first, he he has uh, a very good team around him. It was uh, five years ago too, and and he has a very good uh, training team squad uh, right now. Because not not only Chonga has a, a few few international. Medals. Chongor was uh, was prepared a little bit, a little bit better. We, we we did it step by step. So we one year before, uh, no, two year before uh, the World Champs uh, took part as as a youth in the junior uh, European Cup. So he he got uh, international experiences. I think he was first in. 2017, he was first in the junior ranking in, in Europe. Uh, he got a medal uh, one year later in, uh, in the junior uh, Europeans. So it was step-by-step -step, uh, progression. We expected the, the medal in, in uh, Gold Coast after uh, Rotterdam's seventh place in, uh, in uh, I don't know, in 10 degrees when, when he frozen. So. I mean, it's obvious how Chongwa and Bense and Sarah as well, I guess, got into the sport. But what what was the original inspiration behind you discovering triathlon and getting into it at a time where it, it was barely heard of, presumably, in much of Hungary? Oh, well, and indeed the world in the sort of mid 80s. We started to work with uh, with the different uh, courses from different sports. So we, uh, we learn a lot from... Uh, from uh, the swim swimmer and, and uh, cyclist and, and uh, running coaches. Uh, so maybe, the, yeah. There were 
there were local triathlon races, were there, that from the very beginning that you were able to take part in? Is that how it started for you? Yeah, yeah. I'm just interested to know, like, what, in a way, like, why triathlon or how triathlon for you, given that it was... And, and, uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly. <laughs> After the, my first triathlon, which was a uh, 1,000-meter swim and 60-kilometer run, no drafting, and 15-kilometer uh, run. I don't know how come all this, these distances. So... After my first uh, race, I, I was sure that this is the best part of this of the world. Yeah, and I can I can't uh, say you why. <laughs> <laughs> and how even now? So how did you, apart from you know filling cars with as many people as you could to share the cost of petrol and stuff, presumably? How did you how did you actually fund yourself? In you know, as you were trying to pursue this sport, no social yeah. media to sell yourself from, no podcast to go on and talk yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was nothing. Maybe uh, this way was the 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 best way to to find out find out everything. I I had uh, very good mentors in uh, time after time, so. After my first uh, two years, after my first triathlon, uh, another crazy, crazy person from Budapest called me to move move to Budapest and train with the other crazy guys who who uh, find that the triathlon is the best sport. So we were we were five or or four at least together, and it was a small squad. After a few years. We went to went to another squad with other uh, crazy persons. So <laughs> there's a lot of crazy people in your the, corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, and the key moment was was the was the the squad, the the group around me, around us. So I think this is the key moment uh, uh, for Chongor to the squad. Yeah. So th this is the uh, this is the strength of of Chongo, and I think this is the strength of the the, the best uh, Olympic athletes in the world. If you if you look around, uh, have to find a, a good squad, which which uh, which is uh, push you uh, to the maximum. So you wanted to try and recreate that yeah, yeah, yeah. that what you yeah. had for for your club in in Tizi. Yeah, yeah, I, I never, uh, I was never thinking about this till till your question, but but it's very similar uh, year after year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you were you were already coaching, but I, I remember speaking to Chonga and Ben say in Tizzy in 2019. I think they were talking about yeah. their sort of formative memories of putting together mini triathlon courses in the yard when they were like sort of five and seven or something um we were you already coaching in tizzy long before they you know were old enough to to take part as well or were was their interest in the sport what's that made you want to start coaching oh yeah uh, the older he he were uh, I don't know, four, 
five years old when when I was still competing in Ironman distances. So he he has a few impressions for the for the races. It was the reason reason why he played the the triathlon in the in the in the garden. And when when Jongo is a little bit older, I don't know, free or something, he played with with Ben the same. So Ben's always always uh, pull Jongor be, uh, behind him. So it was uh, it was in the in the triathlon. It was in the first year too when they uh, they uh, progression started. Uh, Sarah, if you, if we are talking about my uh, my children, Sarah is a different uh, story. He she grew up in a, in a club because <laughs> the parents and the the brothers were in a, in a club, and it was it was a normal life for her. He, yeah. he were she were here because of the community, so she she loved the, this environment. And if you sort of look back to them as four, five, six, seven year old kids, do you did you see something in them back then that you thought these these guys have got a little something about them, or you know just that little whether it's a competitive edge or just a determination or something, you know, obviously at the time you weren't probably thinking he's going to win a world cup at the age of 23, 24, but. Um, yeah. I've seen that uh, they are super active, <laughs> active guys. So we bring them uh, to not only uh, triathlon, uh, they are, were training for, for gymnastics, for example. Ah. And I can say gymnastics is very good for all sports, especially mm-hmm. the triathlons. Uh, and discipline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you check the it's just a sample. If you check the the transition area, how fast is the transition area? We can thank we can say thanks for the gymnastics. Oh really? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And and jump into the water and and when he skills come from from there. But they they did everything, you know, BMX uh, and and everything. Yeah. But but, uh, Sorry, but in every where uh, in every every uh, sport they were very competitive. It is true. Right. With with each other or with everyone around them, like were they like. I want to beat you. You want to beat me, or were they? Let's. We're a bit of a gang. We're brothers. We're going to try and beat everyone else with each other. And you know, they had a squad <laughs> in the very early ages too, because uh, they were a few, few other friends and athletes uh, who, who were, uh, grew up with with them. One of them is a professional cyclist now. Uh, one other is, uh, is finished the triathlon. But but it was a very very good uh, good uh, squad if I can say mm-hmm. so they they raced uh, with them but uh, but for for uh, as as individuals not not in the teams yeah so you you already ha- <clears throat> you already had your your squad your group training in Tizzy on the lake there and then. Bensei and, and Chonga would, would, were there probably anyway, right? And then they just got more and more involved. How many, how big is that, that club in, in Tizzy? You know, are we talking sort of 10, 15 other athletes in total or? No, no, no. 
it, at first I have to say this is a very small town, so it's uh, uh, 17,000 people lives in, in uh, this Oyvaros, so uh, not too many chance to get a few hundred athletes, but we have uh, 70-80 athletes, uh, mostly uh, development athletes, but uh, we have almost 10 elite athletes and few age groupers, but we, we this club is, is a development club was in the last 20 years and in the last uh, you know, two, three years, we, we try to, to uh, improve the, the, the elite, elite squad. Mm -hmm. We have, a, we had few elite athletes earlier too, and I always uh, say Many thanks for the for that guys because we we found out uh, the method what we use now so we we found out with with them and, and uh, practice with them the I don't know the altitude training camps and 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 many other things so they are very good friends of mine too the athletes from I don't know fifteen years ago. Uh -huh. But uh, but uh, I think the the results just started to come now. So so the success of Chonga and Bense and so on is down to people you were coaching with fifteen years ago, is it? And and yeah yeah yeah, it was a progression of of me too. So <laughs> well yeah, and you're now you know a, a coach facilitator for World Triathlon as well. So is that another thing that you know you you just want to be able to share that knowledge and and discover more talented coaches because that's how the sport will continue to grow yeah 2004 or five i meet with uh, with my colleague uh, also from hungary from the scientific side he's a, a scientific advisor now he's working uh, beside me and and uh, i don't know after a, a bad uh, European Europeans, we we were sitting in the room and and drank a few bottle of red wine, and we found out that it's we we, we are not different than the I don't know the the French coaches and the or or the German coaches the the athletes not different than the French or 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 German athletes. So why? Are they the, the successful athletes with many medals, and we, we, we are in the back? So it's so I think on that night we 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 changed uh, our point of view. The triathlon we started to work very well, very much, and and uh, join the the ITU courses, uh, coaching courses, and after we we became uh, facilitators in in few few uh, courses. And uh, and read more uh, about the the successful coaches we we met with with them we invited them so it was a long uh, long uh, procedure and we get I think uh, a lot informations and we found out a lot of things so and it uh, looks like start start uh, working so you found inspiration in the bottom of a bottle of red wine yeah it, it was but uh, maybe it was inspiration of my colleague his name is uh, dr george Saka, i have to say because he turned me back to the to the 
to the coaching uh, career uh-huh. and he he had a lot of me so he's a, a advisor and he's a, like a, like a power bank of mine a power bank yeah <laughs> keeps you keeps you ticking so for, so was that the point would you so there was there was a moment where you effectively changed the way that you approached coaching you wanted to become more professional in the way you were doing it to make your athletes more professionally successful as well yeah yeah yeah. but uh, maybe i uh, i'm not smarter now I'm not much smarter now than than that night but uh, but uh, we decided that uh, 90 percent is not enough only the 100 110 percent is enough if somebody comes to to this squad, I I ask uh, uh, ask to be hundred percent dedicated to the to the to the aim, what what we point in the future. And these guys, these guys are are young athletes, so it's it's, it's important to 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 work with the, with the young athletes and and uh, and improve them. This is the. Uh, the best way, uh, best way of mine. Uh, I believe if we grew up together, I mean, in the, from the from the junior till the elites, uh, we can understand uh, each other better, and and we can the the work is uh, is more efficiency. And, and I'm very proud in this year, not only uh, John War, but we had. Uh, we had a new new athlete in the squad. It's uh, Gergely Kishi. In the first year, he he had uh, two European medals. I mean, uh, European Cup medals. So it's it's, uh, it's the same progression. It looks like the same progression, like like Chongor and and winning for the next years too. I have a very good junior athlete who won the the European uh, ranking this year, Dula Kovac. So yeah, I think we we are. Uh, in front of the very very big progressions too who was the the boy gergay gergay kish he he was uh, third in in uh, tc this year and and third was in uh, alhambra the european cups oh. i know it's 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 not a world championships but but i but i'm very proud of him yeah and your coaching methods probably, I mean, having brotherly competitiveness to be able to work with as well must have been quite useful. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's, it was easy uh, for Benza because, uh, because uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, first time it was a motivation, but uh, probably uh, for a few years it was a frustration for him. Hmm. And it's the same in every between every brothers i think we have in hungary a few brothers and sisters in the flight alone maybe you know uh, the brothers too so it's not easy which must have led to some difficult times did it then for the in the within the family obviously i mean chongo's now got his own apartment right and bense presumably as well but when when you can't escape you know you're training together you live together competing together your dad is your coach um it must be quite intense wasn't it 
Yeah, maybe it was the reason why they they left uh, the family house very very early. So, at <laughs> the age of uh, nineteen, both of them uh, went to the went to his uh, to their own apartment and start uh, their own life, which is good, I think. Hmm. Uh, in the training camps and in the training camps, we are partners, not not parents and 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 kids. I think. We can work together, so it's it's not problem, no problem anymore. Maybe it's it, it's hard in the first few years, the age of juniors, or or when they are not really uh, professionals. But but now it's working well. I know everything about them, mm. and I try to know everything about uh, the the other athletes, and 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 know him, and and uh, watch and observe them as a as a person and uh, it's no no different between uh, between them and the other other athletes of mine do you think it has made you a better coach to other people as well because you've had to coach your children and do you think it's made you a better dad because you've had to adapt yourself to very different ways of kind of interacting with your children right uh, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, I'm better than and a better coach, but but I'm not sure every time, every every moment. And is Bense Bense is kind of permanently moved on to longer distance now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he decided now. I I didn't tell him. I think he 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 did the the short the the. the triathlon races and and uh, and try the the longer distances and i think he decided now he turned to the to the longer distances more mm-hmm. to which you presumably then have to adapt coaching a, a fair bit as well do you or or is it you know how does that sort of fit in with the squad and with your training programs if you've got if you're trying to have one athlete focusing on more 70.3 or full Ironman and, and Chonga on the short course. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's easy uh, during the base period. And the athletes in the different ages and the, the athletes has a different uh, calendar, but I would like to, to make a pass or, or a, uh, trying to find a, a common point in the, in the training so it, it's working well it's not easy to to organize no. uh, the planning it's uh, i don't know 50 percent of the of the organize the the trainings to 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 find this uh, the training uh, the, the common points but if if you can find if i can find this these points uh, the training efficiency is, is much higher and uh, I think it, it's good if if uh, it's better than uh, if they they training uh, for for one world champs for I don't know ten athletes for for one world champs it's it's uh, maybe competitive but it, it, it's it's not not good for the team more one I pre- I, yeah I prefer a different uh, athletes for different uh, aims and and. And try to try to find the, the common points. 
but I, I could organize till now. I, I think I, I can organize in the, next, in the future too. Yeah. So you're, you're, you, I mean, you plan, obviously the, the group is working well, as you said. So do you plan on staying Chongo's coach for, you know, for as long as? Uh, if I can, uh, if I can give a positive impact uh, and, and uh, new efforts for him. So if, if I can improve uh, his, his, uh, his uh, performance, I will stay with him. I, I don't know what will happen after Paris. And, and what? I will, I will ask him after that <laughs> how he feels. Sit down with a couple of bottles of red wine and plan the next. <laughs> yeah. What do you and what do he does he feel are the key areas then between now and Paris that that you'll be working on specifically? We are still develop his uh, his performance so. We didn't finish his development, which which is a long, which is a long uh, story. But uh, I I'm waiting a very fast uh, competition in, in Paris, so a little bit uh, same like the like the French Grand Prix. So uh, ah. we are we, we are training for a French Grand Prix style uh, olympics oh that's true there's going to be a lot of competition to get on those french grand prix start lists probably to uh, to get a flavor for that over the coming years yeah we will we will uh, we'll, uh, compete a few times but but uh, we'd like to improve uh, uh, different abilities of of Chongo. this is why we we uh, why we were in uh, Palo very three times because we improved his uh, his uh, cycling, maybe it's it's okay now in a hard years. So, so we improved the the running running uh, speed now. In the next period. So yeah, depends depends of the the abilities in the different disciplines. Tactically, it looks like he has got the what it takes after that move in Carlo Vivari. Did you at any point think? He's gone too early. No, he, he's very smart. Smart if you if you uh, talking about the the tactics uh, in in Carlo Vivari. Yeah, it was the the first first uh, race when I I couldn't advise anything to him in the last night, the second half of the running because I I, I couldn't imagine what was the was the weapon was the tool opposite to, to to the American guy, which is very fast. And, but Chongo find it. Uh, so maybe he's smarter than me sometimes. Sometimes. Disclaimer. <laughs> um, so does that, I mean, you know, it's we're, we're this, this podcast is to mark World Coaches Day as well. What is, does that go down as your perfect moment so far as a coach? What, what do you look back on I, I think as a coach, I, I still waiting for my great moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a, I had few very good moments, of course, when the world champs, the the, the first uh, international medal of Chongor, the, the first uh, good uh, race of Vence or or the other athletes, but. but I think I'm, I'm still waiting for my great moment. Maybe it's my, my motivation. 
but you know it's a very good uh, moment when I when I see in my former athletes uh, in a, in a, a racing course like as a as a age grouper for example. Mm. I have I have a few former athletes who, who are still racing and because they they love the triathlon. This is that. Yeah. These are great, great moments too. Not only, not only the, the winning, but I am working for the winning. <laughs> so all being well, Chonga will be your first athlete, your first Olympian? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. how, how close was he to qualifying for Tokyo? He was close to Tokyo, uh, especially uh, his performance. Uh, he was in, in a position... Uh, in a good position, but the Hungarian qualification system was uh, was a different one. So the, the uh, best ranked athletes uh, were were named uh, to the Olympics. So, but it was it was okay. We we didn't expect it that we have uh, uh, so many uh, good international level athletes before before Tokyo, but we had. But but Tokyo was great for the Hungarian triathlon. So seventh in the male and, and twelfth in the female, it was good. Yeah. And you, I mean, you've been in the sport longer than most. Uh, a lot of changes over that time. If you, are there any changes that you would like to see brought in? As you know, is there is there anything specific that you think the sport needs or would benefit from? Uh, yeah, I I cross my finger for maybe it's, it's it's too specific, but I cross my finger for for the for the safe uh, courses because uh, the triathlon is very very fast now. I'm I'm crying for the for the handlebars because <laughs> the handlebars uh, helps for the yeah yeah yeah. So I have I have a few few ideas, but. But uh, the life will will say, is it uh, is it right or not? Yeah. Brilliant. Well, and so we are at the end of September now. What? Still plenty of racing left to go. So you've got some very important races still on the schedule. In the way uh, of the qualification, we we plan Kayari uh, first weekend of next month and. Probably Bermuda. Two WT races, and hopefully we'll we'll uh, take the next step to the next level. Excellent, great. Well, yeah, we look forward to to seeing Chonga in action, and uh, look forward to World Cup racing returning to Tizzy next year. Hopefully, is that is that on the plans? Do you know? Yeah, working working on it. Yeah. No decision, but yet, uh, yeah. yeah, this is the idea. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Tibor. It's been brilliant talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. And we shall see you out there very soon. Bye.